0: Hey, what's good, everybody? It's me, your hero, Benjamin Banks, and you're listening to a brand new episode of Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. Joining me as always is my co-host, Rebellious D. And unfortunately, Trav is not here with us right now because he is off saving the world. He went on an adventure and he said, hey guys, I know that you can do it. So Trav, we wish that you have a safe travel and uh, we just hope to see you back, man, because we need you here on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. But uh, D, how are you doing today, man? Hey, man,
1: I am ready to rock as always. You know, as Trav would say, peachy.
0: You know, ready to get into it. Hey, I'm ready to get into it as well, man. We have a phenomenal guest joining us today. You know, earlier this year, during uh, International Women's Month, we had interviewed Amanda C. Miller, who voices Sailor Jupiter and the new dub of uh, Sailor Moon Crystal. But today, We are interviewing the OG Sailor Jupiter, and that is Mrs. Susan Roman. And I am so excited because you guys know that I love Sailor Moon. And uh, it's not often that we get to interview two people that have voiced the same character in the same year. Like, what are the odds of that? So I'm really excited about getting into this interview. So before we get into this interview, please make sure that you subscribe and you rate us on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure that you leave us a really nice comment and you give us them five stars because it really helps us and it keeps on helping our star grow. So uh, before we get into today's interview, please also make sure that you stay tuned and you listen to this sponsor from our sponsors
1: that's right we want to thank golden Ink tattoo for always sponsoring the podcast you can find them at 3109 airline boulevard in portsmouth virginia you can give them a call at 757-465-1010 and book an appointment with denise Kitty, Jay, or their brand new tattoo artist, Kane, spelled like Kanye. Also, mentioning up Leveling Up Banks will get you a 10% discount off your tattoo. So make sure you mention up Leveling Up Banks to get 10% off your tattoo.
0: D, usually I always say I'm always tired, but actually after I got off work today, I came home, I took a little nap, and what's interesting Is I did not set my alarm clock and I still was able to wake up in time because we have a very special guest joining us today. You have heard her in so many 90s anime cartoons and that is Mrs. Susan Roman. Susan, how are you doing today?
2: I am doing terrific. Thank you so much, boy. It's so great. I'm listen. Uh, you can just call me Susan Alarm Clock, right? I mean, that's great. You just got up from your nap, knowing that I would be here waiting to say, Benjamin, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> Everything's uh, about to start, and you're snoozing. <laughs> I
0: know. I know. It's and. It would have been weird because I, I, when I woke up, I was telling myself, I was just like, I could only imagine like getting emails from you and my phone blowing up, like from D saying, Where are you at? Where are you at? We have an interview. We have an interview. <laughs> but, um, but yes, also just wanted to let everybody know, Trav, he's not joining us today. You know, D, he had to go out in the space to help save the world. He's gone back in time to help save the world. And, and Trav, you know, <laughs> he is, uh, He's saving the world right now himself. He is on the other side of the world right now. And he is on a super secret mission, which I can't say. But uh, hopefully he'll survive and we'll see him back here soon. So that way uh, we can keep on doing this podcast. So Susan, one of the first questions that I always ask all of our guests up here on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks is, what is your origin story? Every hero or villain has one. So tell everybody who you are.
2: Uh, My origin story, you mean as, as me? Just as little old me from yeah. Canada.
0: Yes. <laughs>
2: uh, well, um, I was born in an egg glue. No, I yes. was not. I, born I in love the- this. I love where it was yeah. going. Yeah, me too. Uh, you know, it's funny. I've never even. Um, I've never been in an egg glue myself. Uh, I, I must uh, find one <laughs> 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 one of these days and see if I can uh, get something happening. So well. Uh, um, I think one of the mo- most important things that you'll find when you speak with anybody who does uh, uh, voiceover work, especially if you do um, voiceover work for animation, I think a lot of the time you are going to find out that they have a theatrical background and mm-hmm. um, uh, that is the case with me. So um, all my life, I wanted to be an actress all my life. And uh, I went to theater school when I got out of high school And it was wonderful. I loved going to theater school. And um, when I got out of theater school, I started doing uh, film and television, um, mostly. Um, A little bit of theater, but then I started getting into film and television. And um, at one point, I actually had my own television series here in Canada on uh, CBC, which is our national network. Uh, So it was all very on-camera oriented. And after a while, um, I started... eh, I don't know. I just, I wasn't as um, enamored of it as, as I was at the beginning, you know, when reality sets in and I was, I was working and that's for sure. Um, but I, it just wasn't as enjoyable anymore. Um, and then one day my agent said, um, would you like to, um, I had done a few radio, com- uh, voiced a few radio commercials. And she said, would you like to um, audition for some animation? And I said, yeah, sure, that sounds great. And so I, mean, I remember my first audition for an animated project, it felt it felt like being at theater school again. It had that same energy, that same creative uh, impulse. You know, it, it wasn't just the dialogue was imaginative, whereas some of the work I had been doing, it was just, you know, I was a friend to the friend of the friend of the assistant DA, and, you know, you had lines like... Um, can I get you anything from the fridge, Madge? You know, and you okay, great. <laughs> I go to theater school for eight million years, and that's what I anyway. So it, it was creative, and it was full of um, um, I'm going to use the word creative again as it doesn't, it's not very creative of me. It was full of uh, you, you had to use your imagination and you had to. You know, use all those muscles that you you learned about and all those all that technique that you learned about at theater school. So I just I said, oh, this is this is great. This is for me. And in those days, back then, all of the animation, I mean, all of it was original animation. There was no dubbing, nobody dubbed anything. So, when you got a character, you got a line drawing of the character. I mean, if they cast you in the role, you know, even if they didn't cast you when you went to your audition, you saw a line drawing. And so, that was um, your baby. And that's what that's one of the things we used to do is put the line drawing um, on our music stands right beside our scripts. So, we always had because otherwise, there's no reference point. (laughs) <laughs> was just it was a drawing somebody had drawn. And so the, the line drawing would be there and and sometimes you would just sort of glance over at the line drawing and and notice, oh wow, I I I just noticed that uh she's got a little bit of an underbite or a little bit of an overbite. And all of a sudden that would affect how you read uh your lines, right? So if you see this somebody's got a little bit of a you know an overbite or an underbite. It just—it's going to affect the way you talk, you know. So it was—it was wonderful because you—you were part of the collaboration. You were part of the creation of that character. So when when anime first came to North America, this was the first time uh, I believe it was my very very first time ever dubbing. Um, I, I think I had dubbed some commercials. I think uh, one or two, um, and it, and I said to myself geez, this is hard, you know, matching the lip sync for a real person. Uh, it's hard. Um, but then, then Sailor Moon came along. And then then I found out what hard really was. Because not only are you trying to create a character, but you have to do it to the set speed limit that's already been established. So if I wanted to read the line, if the, whatever the line was, let's say it was, um, but do you really like me? So if I wanted to read it like that, but do you really like me? But the voice is going like this, but do you really like me? Do you hear that I can't read it the way I want to read it? because yeah. I have to go according to the speed limit that's been established by the performer who did it in the original language. So it's hard. And don't let anyone ever tell you, that oh, it's only dubbing. At so many voice actors, we talk about it sometimes, and we say that is of all the skills uh, for in, in, in the world of voiceover, of all the skills out there, dubbing is by far the hardest. Go figure, huh? So uh, yeah, my uh, if somebody can do a really good job uh, um, dumping uh, an entire series and b- believably, so that you know people really like the character and relate to the character, my hat's off to them. I I say well, well done you, because in a lot of ways it's so much easier to to just do the character uh, perform the character from scratch. Well, th- th- so much for that uh, little short answer.
0: <laughs> no, we that's oh, <laughs> no, what we're I here go. for. Yeah, we love hearing origin stories like that because exactly. uh, it's you give us so much that we can piggyback off of and, you know, ask you questions about. Now, one of the first things I wanted to piggyback off of was I have actually been inside of an igloo. Uh, there was a job that I <laughs> used to work at and it had snowed here in Virginia and we were driving around the neighborhood <laughs> and like there was an actual big igloo that somebody had made out of snow and I had took pictures with it. I went inside of it because that's one of those things that you'll never see, or you think that you'll never, you know, see unless you go somewhere. And the, I guess this family, they made the igloo and, and I told my boss, I was just like, Hey, we got to stop. I want to go inside the igloo. And it was, it was really cool. So I do hope that you, yeah, I hope that you can, if it, the next time it snows, if you can, get some friends or family and then build an igloo. So that way you can go inside of it. I think that you should do it because it'll be a fun activity to do.
2: Listen, I'm, I am impressed that you actually saw it. First of all, in Virginia. I know. (laughs)
0: know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Like how do they know how to do anyone know how to do that in Virginia? Uh, So that's pretty impressive. Uh, Yeah, no. And apparently they're as warm as toast because the walls are so nice and thick and everything. So Mm And, uh, yeah, the really authentic ones, I think, have uh, fires in the, the, the middle, right? Yes, and then there's yeah. a hole, like, to let all the smoke. Oh, it's... Yeah. yeah. But you know what? Talking of winter is <laughs> is very depressing because here we are in beautiful July. Uh, it reminds me of what one of my favorite lyrics is, like a summer with a thousand Julys. And I think, meaning... It's terrific. So that's um, yeah. So when if you're Canadian and we talk about winter and we know we've got like 19 months of it ahead of us, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it kind of you know your heart sort of sinks. Anyway, no, yeah. no, I, no uh, I'll uh, oh, go ahead. D.
1: No, just one thing I wanted to touch on with um, igloos in Virginia is that there's a lot of military here, and you never know where someone's stationed. That's true. What they pick yeah. up. <sighs> Yeah, that's, that's
2: interesting <gasps> oh my goodness Yeah. Oh my goodness
1: <laughs> but yeah july is yeah. a lot better than winter
0: i well i don't know like see because i i was born in january so i have always loved the winter time because mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. say this all the time whenever my birthday comes around my birthday is january 26 it always snows around my birthday and like <laughs> mm-hmm. so i just love the snow And You know, I'm 33 years old. And when it snows, I'll still go outside and I'll build a snowman because (laughs) you'll always be a child at heart. And I just feel like doing stuff like that, it keeps you humble. It keeps you down to earth. And um, it's always fun. It's because it's like, you know, you're you're getting creative when you build a snowman. I might not be able to make the best snowman, but you know, Mm -hmm. I'll make a giant snowman and let it stay out in my yard until the sun comes back out and it melts it. But, um, you know, something else I wanted to piggyback off of was when you had mentioned your theater background. And that's something that we hear from a lot of voice actors is that, you know, that they were in theater, they took it in high school, and they continued doing it in college. And they... Some some voice actors that we've interviewed, like, they've always wanted to be voice actors. It, but then sometimes we have voice actors kind of like how you were just saying, where it's, you know, it comes later on in life. You know, like, some of them went to college and, and they were just like, oh, I want to take a break from theater. I want to, you know, get from behind the camera and whatnot. And, mm-hmm. you know, voice mm-hmm. voiceover work is an option to, you know, get into. And, you know, like I had mentioned at the start of this interview, you've done so many incredible yep. things. And now Sailor Moon is one of my favorites. So I I want to, you know, wait to talk about that because, you know, <laughs> I grew up watching Sailor Moon and I loved it. And, you know, I just can't oh, yeah. wait till we start talking, talking about that. But, you know, when you had mentioned doing dubbing and then doing anime dubbing, and it's just like just having to match what the original um, dubbing the sorry, not the original dubbing, but the uh, original voice actors had did, and mm-hmm. how it's a right. tough thing to do. but I just think mm-hmm. that that's very interesting and like how many how many times did you have to like redo a scene so that way that like you could match up like the lips and everything when it came to doing those dubbing scenes?
2: Well, that's you know we wouldn't have we've you wouldn't have kept the gig if you hadn't been able to do it quickly. Mm. that, that was part, that was part of it because it was, um, it, you know, they just needed to get those episodes out and done and ready to air. So, uh, I mean, I knew, and they would know right away, actually, but during the audition, when we had to actually, it, it, there's a, a, a technique or a system that they use was called a rhythmo bend. Mm-hmm. And it's very much like karaoke. It's just like, you know, follow the bouncing ball mm-hmm. Um So there was a screen and your lines were up there somewhere, but so were everybody else's lines right on this screen. So you had to figure out uh, what color am I? And so I would be green. Mm -hmm. So the first time that I did it, I looked up at this, all the bouncing, and they weren't bouncing, but all the balls, all the lines are going by at warp speed. And when the lines get to the left hand side of the screen where there's a big black bar and as soon as they hit that big black bar you have to start talking but all the lines are hitting the bar so you have to just focus in on your line of dialogue because they're all stacked up you know like mm-hmm. planes at Laquardia all these lines and I remember looking up <laughs> I remember saying to myself I can't do this I can't do this <laughs> this is this is impossible and I, I, I said excuse me stop 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 Because I didn't realize that my lines were color-coded when I first did it. And I said, I I can't find my lines anymore. Because they also kept changing their levels. Like one minute, they'd be the second line in, and then they'd be the eighth line in. So then the person said, just anytime you see anything green, speak. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I said, oh, okay, fine. Uh, So then I tried it again, and I had it in my mind. I said, come on, you can do it. You can do it. And the other part of my mind's going... I can't do this. I can't do this. And I said, nobody can do this. This is too hard. But then I kind of relaxed and I stopped being so hard on myself. And all of a sudden I found, I had a break like she did in the, in the audition, she didn't speak for a little while. So I was able to just kind of coast for a bit and I saw how it worked. And I said, Oh, I get it. I get it. And then uh, then finally, I, 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 I did get it, and then I was able to actually concentrate on the character, uh, about which I had no clue, because, it, it, like, there was, no, we didn't have a whole lot of, imp- oh, they I think they said feisty, uh, Sailor Jupiter was feisty, but I mean, I also read, I think I auditioned for practically every character <laughs> that oh, wow. there was, um, and of course, we all wanted to play Sailor Moon, I mean, well, who wouldn't she has the most lines and mm-hmm. uh, actors are very greedy. So how many lines do I have? Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> so um, so anyway, when I was doing when I was doing the audition, I remember saying to myself, of all of these characters, I said, you know, really, you're not that suited to Sailor Moon. I mean, let's be realistic here. Uh, and then I said to myself, the character I like the best is Sailor Jupiter and that's good. Oh, that was the green, the one with the green lines. Oh yeah. I really liked her. So -hmm. when my agent called and said, uh, they would like to book you for sailor moon. And I said, which one, which one am I Sailor Moon? And she said, no, 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 you're not. But you're, (laughs) you're, uh, you're sailor Jupiter. And I said, Oh, that is so great. Absolute. That was, that was really, really, uh, pleasing to me Mm -hmm. because, um, and so the thing was, so when you're saying, um, you know do we ever have to do retakes if you know we admit that the dubbing got messed up every you know we're only human so every once in a while you would mess up but you Mm -hmm. couldn't mess up too many times otherwise there was some be somebody waiting in the wings to take over your spot I mean we I think we were always aware of that but the thing is is that the more you did it the better you got at it and then after a while it became like second nature to, to just go up and and uh, go into the studio and look up at the rhythm band, and and don't forget you're doing the rhythm band is on, but also it's on the screen, but also the action is on the screen. So you're looking back and forth between the rhythm band, looking at your lines that are coming up and getting ready to say them, and then you're also trying to see the expression on the char- on your character's face, so so that you wouldn't do something like. Um, Oh ha, ha 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 Oh, I killed him, and then you see that she's actually crying, and so now yeah. you've, you realize you've read it incorrectly. I mean, it doesn't match her <laughs> her face at all. So then you have to go back and do that again. Yeah. Um, so it was, yeah, it's um, it was challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just to, to put it. It was funny, you know. I, I'm just going to digress for a moment. I just said the word, um, the famous bugaboo Canadian word, O-U-T, out, out in a boot, pardon me. So, But I didn't say it that way. I hope I said it um, more openly. When we were doing, we did, I did a lot of um, uh, animation work uh, that was, well, about 50, well, a lot of times. It, it, the animation was, the project was co produced by an American company. And mm-hmm. so when we had finished uh, recording, all our, um, uh, I was going to say MP3s, <laughs> they weren't that then. <laughs> the reels were sent down uh, to LA or New York or wherever it was, usually LA, and they would listen. And the one thing they were looking for, because they knew that the cast was all Canadian, were the out sounds: O U T, about, out. Uh, also, the way we say things like dollar, dollar mm-hmm. instead of dollar. <laughs> so, you could have done the best speech on the planet. You know, just it was just absolutely mesmerizing, jaw-dropping speech. And if they heard if, that you say out, they would send it back and they'd say, this has to be redone. The O-U sound isn't correct. So this became a real challenge for some people. Because, okay, okay, Benjamin, say, say the line, I went out last night. Just let me hear you say it. I went out last night. Oh, my God. You see that out is beautiful. That is a thing. Thank you.
0: It's Thank just you. beautiful. <laughs> All right. I'm
2: tra- so n- now I'm going to say it the way I would say it if I weren't uh, doing an uh, animated project. I went out last night. Can you hear this? It's not. I yeah. went out. Yeah. You, I you could hear the, hear the difference?
0: Yeah, I could hear it.
2: Yeah. Sure so it, apparently, it's a, it's um, it's very pick upable by American audiences. That as soon as they hear that "ou" sound, they know something's not quite.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's the way
2: they're used to it, right? Mm-hmm. So um, so what we would do is we would write on a card or a piece of paper in big block letters instead of O-U-T, well, I did this and I encouraged everybody to do, to do it and a lot of people did, is that instead of writing O-U-T, you write A-W-T. So anytime you see O-U-T, you read it as ought. Yeah. And, but what happens is, it comes out better in the line. So then I was going out and it <laughs> so it's even when we were doing it, we we're going, is that right? That sounds awfully kind of, it sounds like we're drunk or something. I <laughs> So um, yeah. So anyway, there's a fun little story. Some of our best work ended up on the cutting room floor <laughs> because of really bad OU sounds. It's just, I think it's so interesting. And I don't know that it, I don't even think it happens. Nowadays, but then it was a really, really big thing.
1: Yeah. Okay, Miss Susan. Um, next question. You had the honor and privilege to be in a part of a couple of uh couple of different shows that we grew up with, and one that was always so fun and uh I cared a lot about was Care Bears. You were actually one of you got to voice one of my favorite bears. <laughs> Good luck, bear.
2: Oh, actually, no, I was uh oh. At, okay so in the original series back Correct. in the eighties i was champ bear yeah no
1: champ bear first and
2: then when when the and then in the reboot uh about t- 10 or 15 years later or whenever it was i yeah i think i was good luck bear in the reboot yep. but i'm not yeah you were
1: i know good luck bear when i see him.
2: uh, <laughs> but, uh <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but uh you know i mean what i did a lot more work as chat bear because i mean it was Mm -hmm. an entire series right and and as opposed to just one of those specials yeah um and that was i think if i'm not mistaken that was my first time doing male character Ah. and uh, i'm pretty sure and um i remember uh, a a director said to me and don't forget this is all like at the beginning stages like Nobody knew really what animation was mm-hmm. kind of it was just all like this other discipline that was out there and and people you know would say things like uh, I'm thinking of getting into animation what do you think like it, it was all. Uh, it wasn't publicized and in those days nobody knew who the voice was behind the person uh, behind the character so there's no internet there's no way you could ever find out who did who voiced any of these characters you knew you know mel blank and that was the the end of it that way you just Mm -hmm. didn't know anybody else they were all anonymous and and there was this kind of feeling like that um animation, uh, voice actors just wanted to be anonymous and that that's why they chose that career because uh, they never had to go out and be in front of people. They could be private. They could be quiet, you know, and keep to themselves. And there wasn't all the raza, raza, you know, yeah, yeah. The show business stuff going on. So anyway, so this, this, uh, director, um, said to me, I was just, I think I was in, um, It was a strawberry shortcake episode of something or other. And he said, you know, you've got some um, natural texture in your voice. Uh, Have you ever thought of, uh, you know, working on little boy characters? I said, no, I never thought of that. He said, try it because I think you could do well at it. And so I I went home and I started... uh, you know, practicing just, just in my room. And I thought, yeah, I don't know. Um, And then I saw him again about two or three months later, because I had another role on, on strawberry shortcake, another, another little girl. And he said, have you been working? He said, you could really, you could really do a good little boy's voice. And he said the immortal words to me, which I have never forgotten, and bless him. I wish I could give him a shout out right now, but I can't. I don't even know that I did know his name at the time. But he said, it's not so much the vocal quality of mm-hmm. a boy child, it's the attitude of the boy child as opposed to the attitude of the girl child and the energy and where the energy is placed. And he said, think of a little boy as a, a little more punchy. You know, when you talk, like a little boy there's a little more punch a little more forward a little more, and without the, the the water on the lips so uh little girl is a, a little the energy's a little bit more held in you know it's more on an inhale so yeah right so it's more and my um my energy is um, more in my the, the back of my mouth, whereas a little boy, the energy's more at the front of my mouth, right? Can you hear the difference? Yeah,
0: so, I, can, yeah I can totally yeah. hear the difference, yeah.
2: <laughs> so this director said this to me and it was like light bulbs went off in my head and I just did it a little bit for him. And he said, yes, 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 yes. That's it, that's it. You get it, you got it, you got it. And it was just a little while later that I auditioned for Care Bears and I actually asked if I could read for champ there, they, mm-hmm. I asked specifically mm-hmm. otherwise, cause they wouldn't, you know, uh, cause I would all only been doing little girls at that yeah. uh, or vo- voicing little girls. And, and so I got the part. So that I, I it was just so, wonderful. I loved, and I loved it. I loved it. So so much more freedom, right? Yep.
1: Yeah, yep. Yeah.
2: Being, being a little boy, <laughs> being a little bear. <laughs> a
1: little bear, A That's right. Now, Miss Susan, Question: Do you have a shirt floating around somewhere at your uh, your residence, up in a case with a gold a uh, gold cup on it, anyway? Um, no,
2: <laughs> no, I don't.
1: <laughs> yeah, the but, but that, you're, you're right. That's uh-huh. when he had
2: the little gold cup, yeah, this on, little his,
1: gold cup. on his on his Wow. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's
1: amazing. Yeah. Now, uh, I just wanted to ask one piggyback question. Now, when it came to switching over for, I guess the special. Where you were, good luck bear. Yeah. Um. Do you know why they switched you from Champ Bear? Because Champ Bear was a staple bear too. It wasn't like he was a new one. It wasn't they, just they hmm?
2: all. They all. They all got switched around. It was. Ah, okay. It was amazing. And 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 there were also <laughs> a lot of um, uh, new uh, voices added to the mix. And I think yep. there were some new bears added to the mix. So I'm Correct. not sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure there were. I'm not sure. But like think, every. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things you know, things move on. They evolve. They you yeah. know, it's it, things change, and, and and that's just you know, part. It's just part of the flow. But I, I, I think it was. um I think Linda Ballantyne played Chap in the the newer dub. I'm pretty sure she did. But um, uh, so okay. so I was okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Linda, it was in good Linda's hands. Huh? <laughs> yeah, keep it in the family. <laughs> right.
1: That's right. Okay. Thanks.
0: Yeah, so something that I wanted to bring up next is because, you know, here on the channel and on the podcast, we're huge Marvel fans. And Mm -hmm. you had the honor of being in one of my favorite cartoons growing up, which was X-Men, the animated series. And all I can say is thank you, because like I said, it was one of my favorite series growing up next to Sailor Moon as well. And recently... It was announced that they're doing X Men '97, which is a continuation of the X Men animated series. Now, have they contacted you to come back and voice any of the characters that you voiced on the original series?
2: If if you so, can say, well, so 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 here's the thing, um, I there's no way that you would know this, Benjamin. Um, I have been incorrectly uh, allocated as a couple of voices on X-Men that I did not um, voice. Mm. And, I, and I've, I've actually written, I wrote to a couple of places well, way back when, when I first read it. Um, and I said, uh, I think one of them they've allocated is Scarlet Witch or something like that. And that's, it's just not me. If you listen to the, 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 the little blurb mm. on one of the websites that I was listening to, they had a couple of little blurbs under the character. And I said, I don't remember doing that. That's <laughs> weird. So I listened to the voice and I said, ooh, that's totally not me. Um, so I wrote to whoever had that website uh, and because they got it, I think, from – um, maybe IMDb, maybe I don't know where. Yeah. Uh, and I said, you know, you've you've incorrectly. So some actress out there actually did voice this part, and and you've said that I did, and I think you should, you know, get the right name, would be terrific. But and they wrote back and said, oh yeah, we'll fix it, but they never did. So it's um, I did. I think, I think I'm sure I did one or two characters for X Men, but they were it was they were not big. Uh, recurring roles. Mm. Um, so um, no, it, it's it's funny. I did because at the same time that X Men was being recorded here in Toronto, there was another series called Event. Um, the Avengers, Avengers was being recorded, mm-hmm. and um, I did do some uh, really nice characters on that. Um, but and and one of them is allocated to me, but then the other one isn't. So here's the thing. Um, I finally decided that I wanted to put together uh, a, a compilation of all of my um, animation work through the years. Yeah. And even, even five years ago, uh, I wouldn't have been able to find half of it, but now everything is online. It's amazing. And some really, you know, it's really, really good quality. Uh, a lot of the stuff that's online. And so um I worked with a a really wonderful new friend of mine. I met him actually on a podcast (laughs) about Mm -hmm. five years ago, Ezra Moreno. And he started looking. He said, I'm just going to look. I'm just going to find stuff that you've done. And I went back through all my day timers And because when I was saying about doing guest roles, like that was very, very common, you'd have your own series that you were involved in that you, you know, as a recurring character, but then you would also get booked to, to do a character here and a character there and here, there and everywhere. And you'd go in and you would do the, do the, the, the role, it could be eight lines, it could be 55 lines, whatever. And then you'd leave and you would totally forget about it because it was just like a one off. Mm-hmm. And so I went back through my daytimer through the last 25, 30 years. And I, it would just say uh, the name of a studio and the name of a, an animated project, a, a cartoon that I was w- that was being recorded. And he would look online and he would find these things that I go. Oh, oh, my God, that's that's actually very good. <laughs> oh, that was a good day for me. <laughs> so we started, you know, putting together this compilation of all the stuff and and I was absolutely <laughs> thrilled and it's I'm going to be releasing it very soon to the public nice um, but I couldn't find I couldn't find anything uh from X-Men isn't that funny so to to answer your question no they there's nothing for them to um <laughs> I know everybody who was in X-Men is wondering, oh, am I going to get, you know, uh, called back for the reboot or for the, it's not a reboot. I think it's just like a whole brand new series that they're doing, but I'm not sure. Um, and I mean, that was so terrific. There's such a fan base for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was so well done. Um, yeah, that was that was like one of the ones, I don't even think I auditioned for that. I always sort of read for um, characters that were more, uh, that were younger, first of all, Uh, and, and that was kind of a little more, um, I don't, yeah, I'm pretty sure I didn't even audition when I say read for it, meaning I didn't audition for it. And if I did, I was probably really disappointed because that was one that everybody wanted to be a part of for sure. Oh my God. X-Men. Hello. So, um, yeah, well, you know, you can't, you can't win them all. Sometimes you have to go home and, and say to yourself, well, um, just have to wait for the next one to come along, right? This is right. being an yeah. uh, an actor, a voiceover actor, whatever kind of actor you are, you have to just keep the faith and uh, say, "Well, there's there's next time, right?" Yeah, right.
1: exactly. There's a there's actually an old saying, Miss Susan, and that's that You can't dance to every record being played. Sometimes <laughs> you got to sit down. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: Everything yeah,
1: can't be your song.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, I can totally. That. Same. I can totally relate to that because uh, you know before the pandemic, because uh, I'm a professional wrestler and
1: <gasps> wow, when, that's right, yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, before the pandemic, you know it was a lot easier getting bookings at places, but at the same time, you always didn't get booked somewhere. And I feel like now it's a little bit harder because a lot of places like they ended up closing their doors because of the pandemic Aww. and whatnot, but. I just know that I would always reach out to people and, you know, either they would get back to you or they would just leave you on read. And it's just like, you can't feel bad if they don't want to use you. It's just like, oh, well, I'll just try the next place and, you know, hopefully they'll use me. And, you know, I just feel like it's a way of just staying humble and not getting better Mm. or having an ego. And, And sometimes too, I mean, you know, You go and you have a match and, you know, the match might not be that good. But then it's like the next time you'd be like, okay, I know what I need to work on and I'll knock Mm. it out of the park the next time. So, uh, you know, I can see the similarities between wrestling and voice acting when it comes to getting gigs and all of that type of stuff. And I just wanted to ask you now, because as somebody that's been doing voiceover work, you know, from the 80s, the 90s and the early 2000s, And I wanted to know, like, how different was it, you know, seeing the voiceover game change over time?
2: Well, (laughs) it was, it, uh, I miss the days of original animation. I really miss those days because, first of all, we all, very often, we record uh, together, all of us in the same studio, Mm kind of like a radio play, you know, so it was, it was, uh, it, then again, it's like, you know, it's, it's like going back to theater school. You're you're performing with your fellow actors. And um, it, one of the things, of course, that uh, you always had to remember was that you had to leave a pause between lines so that they could cut the dialogue in and it would be clean. Mm-hmm. So that you wouldn't bleed over into somebody else's microphone or somebody bleed over into your microphone if they spoke too soon when, when their mic wasn't live and yours still was. Little kind of kooky things like that that nowadays nobody would ever think of so that was really yeah it was neat and you and and you'd go in and every week you'd record an entire episode all of you together in the same room and so you built up this camaraderie with everybody now I understand that you you worked with or you had a uh, an interview with Robert Boxtall a couple of weeks ago yes ma'am and uh, one of my absolute favorite actors on the planet. And he was in um, one of the animated, that's how we met actually, as one of the animated series that was done on um, way back in the day. Uh, he was terrific. I remember the, the director, he was from LA, this, uh, this uh, really kooky, kooky director. And he would say, Okay, box Doll, What have you got for us now? <laughs> You'd never called him Robert or Bob or Robbie or anything. So anytime I see, I always sit want to say, How are you doing, Boxstall <laughs>
0: <laughs> Michael
2: My, I know
0: I know. And a <laughs> quick thing uh, if you would like to check out Robert's episode, it is on our YouTube or our podcast, so uh you know, go and check those out, but yeah, you can yeah, tell you, for Susan. sure. Mm-hmm. Hey, we always got we always got to plug the episodes. <laughs> yeah, people,
2: we got to spread the word. Spread the word. I will. Oh, listen. Uh, <laughs> he's just terrific. Uh, and it, such a really talented, talented actor. Oh, my God. And then after, so after that, and I had forgotten this, I also directed a few um, animated series. And I directed him in an animated series called Animal Shelf. Uh, nice. And he reminded me of that. And I said, oh, my God. Oh my goodness. Uh wow, it's 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 um when you're in a a, a a relatively, I mean Toronto's a really, really big city, but mm-hmm. and there are a lot of actors. Well, a lot more now than there were then. But then it was kind of a like a a smaller stable of folks. And I'm saying stable because I'm just thinking back to the old Hollywood days, you know, when everybody would work for one studio, they became part of that studio's stable of actors. And so that's kind of how it was in Toronto back in, in the in the early days. Um, so it was it was um, you got to you, you got to know your fellow actors um, a lot more uh, mm-hmm. because you were working with them all the time. But then as time goes by, it. it you know, and we started you start doing um, there's more dubbing involved that usually well, anytime I've ever dubbed, I've always done it by myself. I've been in the studio by myself because it's just a lot easier uh, technically to get it all Um, Happening, It it, it goes much more quickly. But then there's no continuity. I mean, I might go in and dub three lines from episode eight and then nine lines from episode 14. You see what I'm saying? So it's not mm -hmm. quite as, it doesn't have that through line that it it would if you were doing, um, as I said, an ensemble piece where you're all there from beginning to the end and you do the whole thing in sequence. And sometimes, like, this was the best part some people are just so funny and there you are recording and they're doing their character things and whatever. And all you want to do is laugh. And of course you can't laugh because there's some, you can't do that. How unprofessional. So, you know, you'll ruin the person's take. I mean, that's a real no, no. Oh my God. So sometimes some people are just so funny and you think, I'm not going to laugh. I'm not. I'm And you just say, you're like, you're looking up at the ceiling. Just tr- get me out of this. No, I didn't, that wasn't funny. I'm not going to. And then inside, you know, like when you're holding it in and your whole body's quivering. Mm. Anyway, it was just, uh, it was so much fun. I, you know, so that's, I missed that part of it. Um, and it, as as I said, there's a lot more dubbing now, uh, which is good because there's a, that means there's a lot more work um, for people. Yeah, for sure. So, you can't, sure. you can't knock that. Nope. Um, yeah. And I actually have worked on projects that were dubbed from English to English. Those are the best. <laughs> <If you laughs> <ever forget. laughs> what do you mean? It's from English to English. And the ones that I'm talking about uh, were two shows that came in from England. So they wanted, they didn't want the British accents in there because it was for mm. a Canadian audience.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So that's great. I mean, if you if you ever have to do you know uh, get involved in a dubbed project, it's really a lot easier if you're, if you're just going from the same language to the same language. That's pretty. Uh, that's that's like a holiday. Oh yay! That's not going to be that hard.
1: So definitely makes for an easier day at the office, I'm sure.
2: An easier day at the office can sometimes be fun. Can be a good yes. thing.
0: Yeah, we all yeah. need them, right?
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Every
0: day can be tough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, something I wanted to piggyback off of is what you had said, where like there's more dubbing out there. You know, a lot of the Mm -hmm. actors that we interview now, you know, they talk about like how easy it is to, you know, get into voice acting and, you know, put your stuff out there and somebody can reach out to you and contact you. When we had interviewed Linda Young, whose interview that you can listen to or watch on our YouTube channel, uh, she was telling us, she was telling us back in the day, that when you found out about like uh, an acting gig for voiceover work, like it would be in the newspaper. And it's just like, Hey, we want this person come in and audition for this role. Uh, I want to ask you like just seeing the whole audition process, like change over the years. Like, was it the same way in Canada as well, where it's just like, you would, you know, see in the newspaper, we need uh, somebody to voice this character in this role.
2: Um, No, not, not at all. So, so, there are two dis- distinct avenues that everything goes down and uh, there's not, there's union work and then there's non-union work and non-union work is going to be much more open and much more available. Um, in the day, I would say 99.9% of the animation that was done in Canada was union. Mm. And so you had to be a member of the union to work on the project. And the only way you could get an audition for the project was through an agent. And your agent would submit you to the, the producer and say, uh, so you're, they would send out a, a like a major casting sheet and say, we're looking for the, these characters. Uh, and so your agent and all the agents in the city would submit actors, union actors, to go in an audition and they would say yes or no, we'd like to see those people. So there was a whole bunch of layers that went on that you didn't even know about until you got your call, the call from the agent who would say you have an audition tomorrow at noon at such and such a studio. And it's for this part, go early and pick up sides because there was no way, no internet, you couldn't download anything. You didn't know what was up. So you would go early you'd read, there'd be three or four pages for you to read. Those are called sides and you would read the sides and you'd go in and you'd audition. And then if you were smart, you'd walk out of there and promptly forget about it. That's the only way you can keep your sanity as an actor is when you finished your audition, you say to yourself, did you do the best you could do? Yes, I did the very best. Okay. Now just put it behind you. It's done. It's over. Forget it. And that's it. You go home and you forget it. And then if the phone rings And your agent says, uh, guess what? You got the part. You go, oh, that's great. What part? Oh, did I audition for? Oh, because you put it out of your mind so thoroughly. This is to avoid crushing disappointment at every turn. So then more projects started, uh, animated projects started being done in in non-union houses. And when that happens, it's open to everybody, everybody, everybody. It's not such a closed shop, except union performers are not allowed to work on non-union productions. So that's where it starts to get a little, um, uh, it, it becomes a little confusing and a little, and and dis- disappointing. Because you look at a project and you think, oh, that looks great. Oh, I can't, I'm not allowed to, I can't do that one. Okay. Exactly. So it's uh, there's a whole other world out there, and, and and I don't really know all that much about it. And the idea of seeing something in the newspaper um, is totally new to me. I have never heard of that. But um, and don't forget too, you're talking about uh, an American experience, and I'm talking about a Canadian experience, yeah, exactly. and they are so different. It's 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 astonishing. I mean, our country is what, like one tenth the size of uh, the U.S., something like that. It's it's, um, it's a sm- it's a relatively small country, and um, things are done here, uh, I think, uh, differently in some instances, and you know, it's all totally the same in other instances. So, so anyway, to, just to end off with that, um, both uh, sides of the coin produce really great product and projects and now they have become so similar to one another that they're barely distinguishable Mm -hmm. right so it's um and as I said it has opened up enormously so you know people people I like the idea that when things open up because it gives more people a shot I, I like that idea for sure that that's because before someone would say, well, I don't even know how to get it. I don't even know where to start or what to do, or, you know, it can, it can, it could be a little overwhelming. And for, for me, it was just, uh, it, I, I more or less fell into it. Do You know what I'm saying? So I didn't really have to, um, I was in the right place at the right time. Exactly, yeah. Yeah.
1: That's a big part of it, being in the right place at the right time.
2: Oh, you got it. Oh,
1: yes, yes, yes.
2: You got it.
1: Now, Miss Susan, um, I do want to talk about another title. It's actually, I believe, a couple of video games that you actually had the uh, the privilege of being a part of, and that was Mega Man Legends 1 and 2. Is that a true, is that right?
0: <laughs> I, I like how you I'm, asked.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh-huh, behind door number one. Yeah. It, it, or, or as the old TV show used to say, show me America's number one answer. Or in this uh case, I guess Canada's number one answer.
2: I don't think I'm pretty sure I was in uh Mega Man Legends 2, but I don't okay. think I was in, in one. I'm pretty in sure one. I so don't think I was a part in part of it. Okay. Uh, I, I I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um but I I again and, and you want to talk about a fast turnover. I didn't even remember that. I was at a comic con I guess about five years ago, and somebody said oh you were in you were in mega you were mega you were mega Man, weren't you Mega Man Legends two and i said um, I, I, uh, okay, I don't know i don't I don't remember seriously, that recording that session was so fast uh and and like it was i said a, a what game, a video game oh yeah, what's that?' I mean, it was so new. It was just so not understood. <laughs> it was just yeah, like, for sure. and and so I went in and I remember it was summer and I went to the studio and they gave me this pile of this script that was like 59,000 pages long. And all it was, was the same lines, kind of, <laughs> <Yeah>. right. So, <laughs> you do, you know, cause you're recording all the alternate lines. And I said, yeah, this is weird. How? Why do I, okay. <laughs> so I didn't even know what the heck was going on. We knew that was coming.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's something we hear a lot when it comes to doing voiceover work in video games. It's like you yeah. have to scream a hundred times. So I, I understand that.
1: They want the different sounds, the different levels of it, I guess. Yeah, The range, I guess, is what they're looking for.
2: And, and it's just that depending on which prompt the person goes with, there's got to be like six or seven alternatives. Mm-hmm. So we... We're recording all the alternatives for all the prompts. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I don't, I honestly don't get this. Okay, but I'll I'll just, so it was really, really, and I didn't, they didn't kind of explain stuff to me um, very well. Um, But, you know, so anyway, I think the whole thing took um, maybe an hour and a half And I, and then, as you said, then we have the, the, there weren't too, it wasn't too much screaming on this particular video game. So it was okay. Um, But um, I walked out of there and I said, that is by far the strangest thing I have ever uh, worked on, but oh, well. And then I (laughs) completely forgot about it, completely forgot about it and only realized that or remembered that I had done it um, at a Comic-Con when someone pointed it out to me. And I said, oh, I said, uh, and they sort of said, I said, was it like, okay? And he said, meh. I went, oh. <laughs> oh,
0: my God. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. It's like,
2: yeah. I
0: wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. Yeah. yeah, it's
1: just, um, you know, game, certain titles, they just age, you know? Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly. nothing. The, the longevity isn't going to be there depending on what you use and things, you know? It's just oh. technology up, upgrades up constantly.
2: Oh, so actually, rebellious. You're so sweet.
0: Yeah, oh, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> and then again, to piggyback off of what Dee was saying, Miss Susan, you got to think that was a place, a PS1 video game. Correct. And I remember back then, PS1 like a lot, a lot of PS1 games, they didn't have voiceover work on them, you know? So it was always rare when you did get a video game where you did have Ooh. voiceover on it. And when you did have the voiceovers up there, it was just short short dialogue yep. nothing too long because they could only fit so much memory on the disc so
2: oh, it's just oh wow. yeah yeah times i have, didn't know that oh yeah oh, so it was groundbreaking in a way yes yeah because yeah, yeah. when
0: the ps2 hit came out um i remember like that was the big thing that like so many video games had voiceovers in them because back on the playstation you were just reading a bunch of uh text bubbles and text box with so much oh, dialogue. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so t- Yeah, so people just need to be grateful for what they were able to exactly. get. You know, exactly. It's, it's a process. It's a process. Wow.
2: Okay. Oh, that's well, oh, that's boy, that's amazing. I never knew that. Isn't that mm-hmm. something? Thank you. Thank you and for Ms. that. Susan, that's, what we're, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what we're here for. Yeah, that's <laughs> what we're
0: here for. Now You know, like I had said earlier in this interview, I wanted to talk about some Sailor Moon stuff because, you know, Sailor Moon, again, is one of my favorite series. And I wanted to know because over here in America, when we had got Sailor Moon, I want to say it was like the early 90s and we didn't get all of the episodes because it wasn't as popular at the time until it started airing on Toonami. And that's when we got the full series. Now in Canada did this was the series popular that they just kept on going over in Canada or like did it stop and then it started again because the same thing can be said about like Dragon Ball Z like here in America Dragon Ball Z stopped but then once it started coming on Toonami and it became popular they redubbed and continued the series and like now this, it, Dragon Ball Z was one of the animes that kind of put anime on the map you know Sailor yeah. Moon is too but if it wasn't for Dragon Ball Z then we wouldn't have gotten to see this uh, this surge in anime and to see how far it's come down. But yeah, back yep. to the question that I was asking, was it like that in Canada for Sailor Moon? Did it continue or did it stop?
2: Um, I think, first of all, it, it played um, on uh, some cable channel, a cable channel here. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that they just sort of kept replaying the first season over and over. I'm not really sure how all of this happened because n- nobody ever told us where it was airing. I never knew where that it was. I never knew that it was even on, on TV. I had no idea. Um, it, th- this is also the, the, you have to think back to when there was no internet, there's no way to get information uh, about anything. And so most of us would do, you know, we would work on series and then, um, somehow somebody somewhere would mention that they'd seen it on on TV. There was no certainly no streaming uh, services whatsoever. So it would have to be on either network television or cable TV. And so if you were in in the market of watching, for example, Saturday morning cartoons, or if you didn't really watch children's um, shows on cable TV or cable TV, Uh, children's networks then you had no clue so Mm -hmm. i basically i don't think any of us did have any clue and but i know from watching um going to so many comic cons in the u.s is i was told over and over again that the kids would get up it was on at the crack of dawn yeah yeah (laughs) whatever whatever uh, i don't know if it was tsunami or something before that and they would uh, uh, these stories of well you know there I was I was 7 years old and I would sneak out of bed so nobody would hear me and I and you know they'd go and pour cereal into a bowl and sit and watch Sailor Moon at the crack of dawn the rest of the house is all asleep but I mean that's how dedicated they were and then um and, and then we had the the change of production of you know who was actually uh in charge of everything uh, there was Deke and then the other the company that came afterwards. And I totally forgotten because it di- didn't matter because we didn't really deal with them ourselves. Um, and then we, ke- so we just kept going in and, and, and uh, you know, recording stuff over quite a long period of time. So we would be on a hiatus from it for, you know, six, seven months. And I would sometimes phone up my agent and say, are we still doing sailor, any episodes of sailor moon? I think there were a lot of episodes, Mm -hmm. And uh, finally, uh, uh, he said to me, no, we're not they're not doing Sailor Moon anymore. So they had just stopped so that that's why we didn't get that last season in. Yeah. Um, And apparently it was because it it was really difficult to uh, to do the translation and the rewrites on it because there was quite a bit that had to be omitted and they were basically left with not too much show by the time they had there there's always been this controversy that people you know say oh you know they they um they edited it edited it so thoroughly that they took the guts out of it and that's absolutely true however it would never have been allowed on network or cable television in its original form. It just exactly. wasn't allowed. It was, it was just there were too many uh children's regulations, regulatory things that were not allowed. It just to just to give you an example, it you had to lose the footage on a regular animated series if you showed, for example, a kid riding a bicycle without a helmet. Mm. Uh, if they would see that they'd send it back to you and they'd say you're going to have to remove this scene and you would say but we've recorded it we've got it's all done it's mixed and everything and they'd say sorry it can't go on the air the way it is so you imagine if they're not going to let you put a scene on the air on children's television don't forget network and cable tv Uh, if they're not going to let you show a kid riding a bike without a helmet how on earth do you think they're going to allow some of the scenes that are in the original sailor moon there's no way it's just no way it couldn't it wouldn't have been allowed so then it would have just been okay there would they'd say no we're just not airing it period you cannot put that on the air and there would have been no other uh, venue for it there's just no other no other place to air it so they had to you know they had to do a lot of work on it and and of course they did remove a lot of of stuff that makes it what it is and so now I understand completely why people you know want to see the full total unexpurgated unexed out uh version of it as it came in from Japan but now you know but it's still it still had to be translated um yeah. but it's 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 it's, it's Translated maybe a little bit more authentically to uh, to the way that it was originally written, so yeah that, that's Be- that's just something that I think a lot of times people don't under you don't understand the the limitations that were in place at the time. they were pretty strict pretty yeah, strict
0: because I know like uh like for Dragon Ball Z, for example, um that was another one that re- that came on super early in the morning, like you had to wake up like five, six o'clock in the morning and for <laughs> us. It's like we had to be at the school bus at six o'clock in the morning. So Mm -hmm. I feel like the only time that you could even watch Sailor Moon is if you were staying home from school because you were sick or it was a holiday or something and you could watch it on TV. But it it, it was thankful to to Toonami putting it up there and making it popular again and just, you know, showing it to so many kids so that way that they could enjoy it. But I mean, you know, like how you were saying about the kid without the helmet on. I know certain anime, uh, like Dragon Ball Z again, they have to turn beer into soda or like they have to remove (laughs) certain things. And it's, it's cool now that we live in an age where you can release the original product because I mean, even going back to, you know, when we were younger, so many VHS tapes and you would have like, Dragon Ball Z edited, Dragon Ball Z unedited, Dragon Ball Z uncut. Like there were so many versions of the same thing because in Japan, this is what it was originally aired as. And you know, when you're wow. bringing something, when you're bringing something to a Western audience, even with video games, for example, you have to change the dialogue, you have to change what's being said because you you want to make it kid friendly, you know. So yeah, yeah. I want to say you know one of those kids that grew up watching Sailor Moon, who is somebody that we actually interviewed up here on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, is Amanda C. Miller, who voices Sailor <laughs> Jupiter and the new yeah. dub. And I just think it's awesome that we have the opportunity to interview both Sailor Jupiters. You know, I just think that that's yeah. a really, that's a really cool thing. And I know when I had first saw her, she was at NecoCon here in Virginia, and she was talking about growing up as a kid and seeing sailor jupiter and you know that becoming her favorite sailor guardian and (laughs) when she was when she got into voice acting and when they were doing the new sailor moon series and she auditioned for the role and she got it she was just hyped because that's something that she grew up watching that she never would imagine that she would be voicing her favorite character so i wanted to ask you have you had the chance to meet amanda
2: I have met Amanda a number of times. I mean, we've Ah. been we've been at uh, some comic cons together. And uh, she's been at, at, at a couple of our panels. I think she is terrific. She is one of the most uh, naturally funny human beings I think I've met in in ages. I mean, she's got this like really dry kind of you know yes. wit, it, it, <laughs> and, and, and you all it goes right by you at first, and then you start to roar with laughter, and you go, "Oh, did she just say that?" Oh, you yes. did. Okay. <laughs> um, so I, I think I think she's terrific, and um, you know she she wrote this really nice piece about uh how uh th- that character you know had an impact on her when she was younger and 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 she she talked about you know my involvement with the character uh in a really positive light so uh, really really nicely. so of course I mean I I knew as soon as i I met her I would just I would just love her and I did I mean as soon as I met her I just went, oh I thought it was just great it was so fabulous to um to, so you know like kind of like passing the baton yeah and yeah. uh it but but in it it's not as if you know that i was you know 95 years old and going out to pasture i don't mean that <laughs> i mean i mean it <laughs> i mean it in a, in a really positive way and yeah. um i i like i like the fact that that with time, you know, we the the character can you know be maybe sort of played down a little bit more. Maybe she's just a, a, a little more grounded. Still, you know, really incredible, uh, you know, anger management issues and all that kind of stuff. But maybe just a little bit more uh, grounded with it, a little hipper <laughs> yeah. than the way I did her. Uh, I did her. Listen to me. I'm, I sound <laughs> that sounds really rude. The way I interpreted her. Um, but they're still in the same ballpark. And it's still yeah. got that same kind of uh, that that feist. So the the thing about that, that I didn't realize at the time, and I realize it now, I, th- I think, how, th- how could that have not occurred to you? The typical girl, characters at that point in time they were all girly girls just Mm -hmm. girly girls just just one after the other all you know sweet and saccharine or they were just total horrible horrible brats like they were completely caricatures right there was no middle ground of of somebody of of seeing a girl um, who had her own opinions, who had her own ideas, her own sense of self, sometimes a bit shaky, but a lot of times not, you know, it was, um, such, I I didn't realize what a gift it was. I just didn't realize all I did was think of the way that I approach things and life. And, and I, and I am very much like that character and, you know, a, positive, let's move forward. Uh, I've got your back. Um, no, I'm not going to be a shrinking violet because I don't believe what what's going on here. I don't think it's right. You know, that's sort of, that's kind of part of me. So when I would go to Comic-Cons and people, so many women and men would, would say, this is the first time I ever saw my own self represented in a series or on a television screen. It was the first time I could actually relate. And I yeah. thought, how lucky am I? Oh my God. How lucky is that? It just, oh, it, it it brings tears to my eyes to think that I could have been part of something that actually had a positive effect on someone's outlook and on someone's life and that they, you uh, that they maybe felt a sense of hope and a sense of possibility, you know, a sense of possibility. Look, and somebody brought up something that is so important. And and she's, and it's so funny. A lot of the women who were Sailor Jupiter, Guardian Jupiter, I'm just going to say it the way we always said it, Jupiter fans were tall individuals. And, and, That was, they said, you have no idea how weird it is when you're 11 years old and you're two feet taller than everybody in the class. And then you watch Sailor Moon and there's Lita and she towers over everybody too, but she's cool with it. It's okay. And I thought, isn't that something? Just even the visual of seeing a a character who is representative of a, a large portion of the population there are a lot of tall people in the world. There are a lot of short people. You see, it's so neat. You think yeah. of all those those main core characters, they all represent different facets of peopledom. Yeah. And, well, in in a very kind of a tight perspective there. I mean, a, t- a tight little ball of those kind of peopledoms. But certainly physically, you know, you're tall, you're thin, you're small, you're whatever. The only thing is... The, 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 their faces are pretty interchangeable, I mean, let's yeah. be frank, come on so uh but anyway, so I thought that was uh that was something that made me very pleased in the end of yeah. all
1: yeah, I mean, that's something that a lot of anime cartoons, TV shows, even they give representation to people and help them figure out who they want to be later too, and let them know too that it's okay to be the way you are, yeah, yeah, in a lot of
0: ways, so yeah,. And it's, um, and- Mm-hmm. I just want to Max. pick. I just wanted to piggyback off of what you were saying, Miss Susan, about when you meet fans at conventions and whatnot, and you just never know like how important your role was on a cartoon or anime, how it helped inspire somebody. Because uh, I had did q and A Q&A panel with uh, Diane Pershing, and she voiced um, she voiced Poison Ivy on Batman the animated series, and she oh. was t- she was telling us at the panel that she had went to a con cause she didn't know how big Batman animated series was. Cause you don't know until like you go to the con. even Robert had said that when uh, he had went to his first con, he was just like, he didn't know like that there were fans of Prince diamond and that wanted to ask him <laughs> questions and stuff like that. But um, you know, Miss Pershing, she was saying that she went to the con and somebody was telling her that poison Ivy was assembled symbol for feminism back in the day because it's like mm. this this girl, she was going through something at home. She was in an abusive relationship and she was watching Batman, the animated series, and she saw how Poison Ivy was on the series. She saw She heard the voice and she was just like, if Poison Ivy is somebody that can stand up to men and not take anything from them, and I can be somebody that can stand up to my wow. abusive boyfriend and not take anything from him and and then she she got out of there and it was all because (gasps) of poison ivy and mrs hurt yeah miss diane person so it's just like you just never know you know who's watching yeah Yeah. and, and how that character inspires you and and you look poison ivy was a villain but she was it was because of her voice it was something that that resonated with this fan that made them say, like, yo, I gotta get up out of here or I'm gonna die. So you just never know, man. And oh, that's why what I, a I feel great like, story. Yeah. Oh. That's I feel like voice like actors, voice actors, they are so important to some people because you just never know. Like somebody might need to either watch that movie or TV show or or watch that anime or cartoon. And like it has that message that I need to hear so that way I can get my life together you know so you guys inspire yeah. us
2: well yeah
0: that. you mean something to someone
2: yeah no i mean you hear stories like that and you think um yeah it because it, sometimes you go home and you think oh, what did i do i i just because i i've done some really kooky um there were some kooky ones along the way i did a, a one where i barked for 41 episodes uh, so that was funny. So I, you know, I go home and I say, what did I do all day? Well, I barked. Oh, okay. So it's not like, you know, it's not like I'm <clears throat> sitting there working on a cure for cancer. I'm doing, sometimes I think really, I would think at the time, this, this is silly, but then I would say, no, no, it's, it's not silly. It's, this is what you do. And, um, uh, yeah. So then you hear stories like the story that you just recounted and, and it's, um, and that's what you just never get to realize. And that's what's so cool about having, uh, you know, Comic-Cons and and even uh, podcasts like this and hearing your stories and hearing the incredible respect that you have when you speak to me. It's, it really does my heart good because I, I think, Oh, well, maybe it, it was, it was a good career. It was a good choice. And, and maybe I did some good stuff. So it's, it's, it's really nice now that you can have a little bit of a moment to, um, understand and appreciate you know what's been going on so
0: for sure yeah 100% agree with you so Miss Susan we are here at the end of the interview and you know I just feel like it can go on even longer yeah but uh could. you know we appreciate having you up here and D he always has his final question that he loves to ask our guests so D I'm passing the ball to you my friend and go ahead and Before take a I got you
1: uh-huh. um all right Miss Susan Question number one,
2: favorite 80s or 90s movie or both, if you have one of each. Favorite 80s. Yeah, huh. sure. Favorite uh, 80s or 90s movie. Just like any old movie? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, your favorite. Yeah, yeah, your
0: favorite.
2: Oh, like I can remember my favorite movies and favorite years. Well, you know what? It's so funny that you asked that because just today I was looking at a, a clip for a <laughs> You're gonna just laugh at this, but it, uh for a film called "An Officer and a Gentleman" with Richard mm-hmm. Gere and Deborah yep. Winger, uh, which I haven't seen, it came out in 1982. So that fits the question, and uh, I hadn't seen it in a million years. I was just uh, looking at the clip so that I could reference the song from it, which mm-hmm. is called "Up Where We Belong." Love lifts us up where we belong, mm-hmm. and I said,
1: "Familiar,
2: wow, well, you guys, yeah. are, uh, you are amazing, uh, and Captain
1: he- Silverhair," as I call Richard Gere. Uh huh. (laughs) Captain Silverhair. So like he had silver hair for a long time.
0: Yeah, Uh, which was like that. uh, Uh, Steve Martin. Was like, that
2: mm-hmm. yep. yeah, Captain. But you know, Richard Gere. Hello, oof. in this <laughs> in this film, I'm like, <laughs> sitting there. Right. I ha- I had to take my fan out and keep fanning myself because <laughs> I that oh, I had forgotten how gorgeous he was, <laughs> and and I I had forgotten that film was really good. Oh my yeah. god, I'd yeah, he forgotten. had he has
1: some uh, some classics for mm-hmm. sure.
2: And I don't know, so isn't that funny? So like. <laughs> Uh, Deborah Winger comes up. I I don't know why. I don't know if this was in 1982 or in the 80s. But one of my favorite films, I used to watch it uh, a lot when I needed to cry. As mm. a film called Terms of Endearment with mm-hmm. Shirley MacLaine. Mm. And um, there's a scene towards the end where Shirley MacLaine goes into the... Uh, her daughter's uh, very ill and dying in the hospital, And she goes up to the nursing station and she starts screaming at the nurses because they have let her daughter sit there with, I don't, I forget what the exact, they've ignored her for whatever reason. And she starts screaming, that is my baby. Mm. And and, and as soon as you see that Mm. scene, well, when I see that scene, I just dissolve into incredible crying jags. And, you know, for some women, Uh, some people I but for women for me I'll just say for me a good cry is a good thing so sometimes I say you haven't cried in a while let's watch Terms of Endearment (laughs) so so I'd watch Terms of Endearment I would cry like a little baby for an hour or so afterwards and then I would feel so much better isn't that weird am I weird yeah
0: no no no, I've never seen that movie and you know, yeah, somet- sometimes, sometimes, like I'll try to force myself to cry, and like nothing comes out. So maybe I might yeah. need to watch that movie so that way. Yeah, because it's, like, yeah, it's, it's it's hard. Like sometimes it's like you might be sad about something and you need to cry, and you know, I don't know. Like sometimes it's just hard. So I, yeah, I'll add that movie to my list. But go ahead and continue.
2: Well, Benjamin, um, if 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 you're are you a, a well, you're a, you're an athlete. So do you like baseball?
0: i i do like baseball i played it when i was younger but i kind of fell out of love with it when i got older
2: okay but you're an athlete you're okay you want a movie that will make you cry watch field of dreams that's all i can say i I don't know a a man on the planet who i who would not sit there and and it's you're crying it's they're good tears they're real they're it's you're crying and you go. like guys go. Uh, oh, I can't believe I'm. I'm crying. But okay. I yeah. Say. I
0: just wow. Yeah. I'm looking at the cat. Kevin Costner, Ray Liotta, yep. James Earl mm-hmm. Jones. Okay. It's yeah. amazing.
2: It's okay. amazing. In fact, I I might watch it myself again because I thought that I and I remember saying I don't want to see a movie about baseball. I remember the, the guy I was going out with. I don't want to see. And we go and see this movie, and we're both crying. Uh, but mm. they're good tears, as I you know. Yeah. It's it's yeah. It's like you go, oh, it's so good to be, it's so good to be American. It's that like kind of crying. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. yeah. I'll, I'll definitely add it to the list. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the recommendation. Question number two, Miss Susan. Yeah. Growing
1: up, was there anything that spooked you, scared you, and stayed with you? Whether it was a creepy lullaby, a creepy doll, movie, spider. Um, weird incident with, uh, you know, old people. I mean,
2: <laughs> what you got? <laughs> Grandma, is that you? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, well.
1: Do you have a story like that? Or it, well, was there anything not- that spooked you that you think about to this day?
2: Not really sp- I used to have a little bit of an issue. We used to I used to be in the choir at school mm-hmm. and we used to at Christmas time we would go to to <clears throat> pardon me to um we used to call them old folks' homes. I don't know, that's probably not yeah. politically correct, but yeah, anyway. we well, senior so, senior living home,
0: retirement. Senior, home, yeah.
2: yeah, senior yeah. residences. Okay. And we would we would sing for the the residents. And I um I I was very, very uncomfortable. It was funny. I, I, I mean, I would do, I would sing and do all that, but I, I was uncomfortable with um, I, I, people who looked like witches, <laughs> but oh, you know, when yeah. you're like yeah. 10 years old, it's very easy for anybody to look Your like a witch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they're over 40, you know, they can look like. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, so, so some of these, some of these people were, you know, like 140. And so I just thought, Ew. but no, it's funny things. um Nothing, nothing really yucky stayed with me. Sorry about that. No worries. It's
1: no, no, it. you're fine. are
0: fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it happens. We've had a couple guests that you know don't really. I guess it doesn't stay with them. You know, it's short-term memory stuff. Yeah. If they yeah. happen, and you know, as life goes on, you forget about a lot of stuff. You know.
2: Well, that's sometimes that's a good thing. Just yes, to move is. on. That's right.
1: <laughs> Your ability to let things go.
2: Yeah, let
1: it and go. With that being said, thanks.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like you you uh you get older and you look back at it and you laugh because I know when I was I was in the third grade and I had watched this movie called Pet Cemetery Two and Ooh. and I was over at my friend's house and there was a scene in the movie that it was just so scary I had to leave his house like the whole the whole movie was scary but I want to say I probably only made it like twenty minutes in and I was just like yeah I got I got I have to go. And so I, so I end up leaving the house, and, like I said, this was the third grade, so I had nightmares about this movie all the way oh. until I was in the fifth grade, and <gasps> yeah, it's just it's crazy, and if Trav was here because this because we share a pet cemetery story, um his mom and dad, on their first date, his dad took his mom to go see pet cemetery, <laughs> and his dad was so afraid he left the theater oh. and His mom, she she gave him another chance. Like he, I mean, he was still at the theater. He was just in the lobby, but he was (gasps) so afraid. And and I was just like, yeah, your mom gave him another chance after that. And his mom, when I asked her about it, she was just like, yeah, he was good looking. You know, (laughs) I was like, "Uh, (laughs) yeah, because Taylor, Trav would have never been here. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) If if that scenario went a different way, but. Yeah, Ms. Susan, thank you so much for joining us up here on the new episode of Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. You were an amazing guest. And I just oh. want to ask you, are there any social media accounts that you would like to share uh, for your fans to follow you at?
2: Um, at not at the moment. Just uh, I, I'm going to be, as I said, I've, I've got my, uh, my um Vocal historical demo of uh, <laughs> whatever recollections reel. of my life. Highlight,
0: yeah, high-light,
2: highlight reel. My highlight reel. Retrospective. That's what I was calling it. Um, <laughs> and and I'm also uh, going to be uh, my new website is going to be up and running hopefully by September. And that's just susanroman.com. I actually, you can you believe it? I actually got my own domain name, which is pretty uh amazing. So, mm-hmm. um yeah, so that that is going to be uh on susanroman.com when it gets up and running. So, um stay tuned. There <laughs> awesome. You have it. That's right. All righty.
0: Uh, I it. was about to say I was about to say we did it, guys. guys. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was just trying to remember, so I could beat you just one time. Yeah, I was about, this about to say
0: so, for Trav. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say something for Trav, but look, man, hey, Miss Susan, she was amazing. I'm glad that we got the interviewer and Trav. Like, I really hope that you can hear this episode once you get back from saving the world, man. And uh, yeah, yeah, really fun, I mean, full of energy, and bro, another like, legend, another, another legend. legend, and not this only that, but like I said in bro. the interview. We've interviewed two Sailor Jupiters, bro. We've interviewed yeah. two. Like, that's that's really awesome. And, you know, I, I really hope that you guys enjoyed the episode. And um, with that being said, yeah. let's go ahead and wrap this thing on up. Let's now, usually I always pass the ball to Trav, but because Trav isn't here right now... He's out with an ankle
1: injury. Coraco's here,
0: though. So, I, you know, I'll go ahead and make sure that you follow Trav on his social media accounts. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Trav Hoisk. And uh, you can follow him on Instagram at ZK Audio. And then also he does the Letterbox, And you can look him up on there as well. D, I don't think that he has a name for Letterboxd. It's just uh nope. Yeah, he just says, yeah, just type in, just type in uh ZK Audio on, Le- on Letterboxd and you can find him he'll up there. Pop up. He should yeah, pop help. up. Yeah, and if, if ZK audio doesn't pop up, then type in Try Voice, and it should pop up. Either one of them should pop up. But D, let everybody know where they can find you in the social media land.
1: Hey, you got it. You can find me as always at rebellious underscore D23 Instagram.com.
0: And banks, if they need a hero out there in the galaxy, where can they find? Me? Hey, you can find me at here, Benjamin Banks, at King Benji underscore Banks on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on Facebook at Benjamin Banks. I should be the first person to pop up. If not, then I need to contact Mr. Zuckerberg. Thank you again, everybody, for listening to this brand new episode of Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. And uh, make sure that you keep in contact with Susan once she starts her website up in September. And, you know, send her some messages up there and just let her know, like, how awesome of a person that she is. Make sure that you follow all the Leveling Up with Benjamin Bank social media accounts at Leveling Up Banks. That is Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. YouTube is Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. We are almost at 1,000 subscribers. Thank you, everybody that has been with us the entire ride and has uh, subscribed to us up there. And we really appreciate that because the hard work is definitely paying off. And then if you're feeling generous and would love to donate to us, we have a a Patreon. I was about to say PayPal. We have a Patreon at Leveling Up Banks. Thank you to our patrons who donate to us because you really do help us out. And you help help us out when it comes to traveling across the world and whatnot and saving it and protecting everybody. So that being said, keep that pinky up. Stay positive. If you see a man in a tuxedo and he throws a rose down, make sure you turn around and give him a pinkies up. We'll see you next time on Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks. Peace.